0: This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week Podcast. I'm down at Network 10 today. It's been a little while since we've done a podcast from in here, but we're welcoming back a previous guest, Chief Content Officer with Network 10, Beverly McGarvey. Hello, James. Welcome back. Thank you. Uh, with the new branding, just the one and the zero, I finally got used to it. It took a little while, but um, most people are on top of it now.
1: Yeah, I think it feels quite familiar already. It's nice and bright. It's been really good for us to work with. We think it's kind of really established a tone for the channel in the last few months, and I think people have got used to it very quickly, so we're very happy with that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Look, we've got a lot to uh, chat to you about today, so we'll uh, get straight into it. Now... You've been at Network 10 about 13 years now. Mm. I've spoken to you at least a couple of times probably each of those 13 years. Yes. We often talk at the beginning of the year, the new schedule's up. In those 13 years, is this the, um, is this the most money you've ever had to play with when you've launched a new year? <laughs>
1: Um, I think it's the biggest investment we've ever made in our entertainment schedule, because obviously, you know, for a long, large number of years, we had Big Bash. So this is the first year that we have really launched our entire year um, based off the back of an entertainment schedule. So it's certainly um, the biggest investment in that area. Um, so we've obviously launched in the middle of January. And for many of those early years, of course, this the. Ser- the alleged out of survey period was quite quiet and that's just not true anymore.
0: Yeah. The um, two things we should cover off quickly which are uh, which happened before the survey year sort of gets underway and which for you guys now is it's almost non stop the survey year. Yeah. But um, I'm a celebrity get me out of here. You Mm -hmm. moved it a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had two weeks of without reality competition, and it seems to have done well for you, particularly in that fortnight.
1: Absolutely. It's really... I'm a Celebrity was the first part of our... um Plan to have entertainment content 50 weeks a year and to really compete 50 weeks a year with you know without sport. So we are incredibly happy with the result. It did exceptionally well in those early weeks against the sporting competition because it was truly differentiated. Since the other reality, big guns have kicked in, the overnight ratings have dropped, but our digital business has really picked up and overall the series is up 8%. So that's a really good result for us considering it's a strategy that we feel is long-term and we're really just at the beginning of it.
0: Yeah, I guess you expected there would be a change the way the audience consumes the show after um, Married at First Sight and My Kitchen Rules kicked in. Yes. Uh, you would have sort of forecast maybe what you would do. do you, are you around about where you thought you'd be?
1: We're, we're slightly higher than where we thought we would be. We expected... Um, a good launch and we absolutely expected it to take a hit when the other reality shows kicked in because effectively the reality audiences are being split whereas in those early few weeks we had a lot of reality viewers and the sports audiences some of the same people and some different people so we actually um, when you look back at the editorial of the show when we brought in you know um, a new intruder we, we had anticipated that happening and now that we know exactly what that looks like it makes it even easier for us next year to set ourselves up for the reality shows kicking in and when the sports schedules switch over to entertainment schedules that we can handle that um, better and better as the years go forward as we get more and more data.
0: You would have, of course, been uh, observing the the big audiences that Nine in particular has been getting so far with um, Married at First Sight. Although they're a competitor, I guess the upside there is that the, you can still get a really big audience on the free-to-air TV platform. Right?
1: Absolutely. I think it's brilliant for the industry that shows like Married at First Sight can do those good audiences. And um, it, it does show that big audiences will come to big shows and there are always big shows on 3DR television and some things are cyclical, but it's great for the business generally to be attracting audiences to 3DR television in early evening. I think it's good for all of us.
0: Yeah. One of the other big things that happened to you was a bit of a furor about your um, Studio 10, the, the, mor- the morning show. Yes. Which... Um, was a was a blue between a kerry-ann and, and one of the guest panelists um that got beaten up a lot in the media but i i guess there again that that led to some massive audiences particularly on um on 10 daily is that right uh,
1: yes it, the show the show ratings did go actually up and also 10 daily did exceptionally well and 10 daily's having a very good run now anyway but i think the interesting thing is um over the years it's Especially certain types of television have become a bit sanitised mm-hmm. and a little bit vanilla. So I think it's good that there is a place for open debate, and um, you will see, as we've said, you know that um, that story will continue in a mindful way over the coming weeks on Studio Ten. So I think it's interesting that people do engage in those types of conversations.
0: I, I, there was some speculation that maybe TV shouldn't be going in places like that, but I'm I'm thinking. there there is a place for sort of rigorous debate and and points of view to be expressed?
1: I I think so. I think it is a place for points of view and rigorous debate to be had in a respectful manner. And I think the interesting thing these days is that that debate can continue on platforms like 10 Daily and get more... Um, with more expert input and also just to really flesh it out in a slightly deeper fashion I think that's a great place for it to start and then these days we do have the means to continue and take the argument forward and take the conversation forward
0: yeah well, we're talking about daytime tv let, let's quickly cover off anything new there this year before we get into mm-hmm. prime time so studio 10 will keep going mm-hmm. In the very early morning or later in the day, is there anything changing dramatically?
1: We have no specific plans at the minute. I think it's fair to say that we always look at those fringe parts of the schedule to ensure... That, that we aren't missing any opportunities and there's nothing more we should be doing. So that is something that's under constant review, but we have no plans to say that, you know, in mid-year we're going to launch X, Y or Z, but we do constantly look at it.
0: OK, and I feel obliged to ask you about CBS input here. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a very successful news brand in the US. Yeah. W- have they commented all about wanting to maybe have a bigger, stronger news presence in Australia?
1: Um, They are a very successful news brand and they are, you know very invested in us and our news brand and we do talk with them. I think, you know, the big thing that we'll be doing is utilizing our newsroom to par all of our news offerings beyond broadcast, on broadcast and beyond broadcast. So, for example, 10Daily, we would consider part of, you know, our news offering. So ex- we are expanding already and they are interested in that and we really have started to do that and I'd say that that will continue to happen over the coming years.
0: Is, could, could there be streaming content on online that that is separate to maybe what you're doing with your broadcast channel?
1: Absolutely. I think that's that's viable and that's something that will happen for all of us over the coming years. I think utilizing the resource that we have to service our audience on different platforms is something that we're all doing now and will continue to do in the future and expand upon.
0: And I guess that's something, because you've got the setup already, haven't you? And it's with the studio, for people without it, it, it would be an exorbitant cost. But it's yes. probably not too bad for you to add on an hour or two here, given you've already got staff and facility.
1: Absolutely. That's, you know, that's how we see our newsroom as really a central point that we can utilise the talent of those journalists and those resources to serve our audience on in different ways on different platforms. And that's absolutely what 10 Daily was about. And that will definitely continue to grow.
0: OK, let's jump into prime time. 6pm are point, yes. pointless Yes. continuing
1: it, it will continue on air for the first it, we have commissioned a batch of it and they're on air at the minute we're actually recording some episodes downstairs at the minute it is not performing the way that we would like um, and we obviously need to be doing better in that time slot
0: yeah I mean is it because um, they're still screening someone's screening the UK version here the ABC in, in, virtually in a time slot before you start I think isn't it but,
1: it was on, so. it used to be on earlier in the day uh-huh. um I think the interesting thing for us about it is the team have done a great job it's Mm. a good show it just doesn't resonate in the way that it needs to for us in that time slot
0: yeah and i guess would you like to keep game shows there or are you open to maybe other ideas for what you do at six
1: we would like to be servicing our audience better there and i think that there's possibly a better way for us to be doing that it's not genre specific it's more about a tonal thing people listen to tv at six o'clock often as well as watch it um and you're in a particular frame of mind at that time of day because you're generally coming home and doing things and busy and a bite. it's not like you're sitting back and relaxing so i think we re- need to be really mindful of that
0: and i guess if you you talk about spots where you might do better i guess that first half hour of the project you'd be happier if you could get a a figure closer to what they do after 7 o'clock.
1: Absolutely. I think it's fair to say that the focus between 6 and 7 is absolutely at the top of our to-do list at the minute. Yes. Improving those ratings.
0: Yeah. Um, The project post 7pm, understandably, they seem to stack it with all the best interviews because they know that's when they're going to get their bigger Mm -hmm. audiences, yeah?
1: Yeah, it, it is, but it's also about, you know, obviously the viewing the viewing all changes at seven o'clock. There's a big shift of people moving around. It's also to do with sets and use improving at that time, and people, especially in you know cities like Sydney and Melbourne, coming home from work. Um, effectively, what the six o'clock six thirty project does is provide a lead-in to the seven o'clock project, and it is the best lead-in for itself. But um, improving those ratings in the first half of the show is absolutely a priority and we do stack the second half so those big interviews are seen but we also are concerned about ensuring that we have excellent content in the first half of the show
0: sure you mentioned at your are front so i think that you talked about a big marketing spend for the project i think it was worded more money than you've ever spent on it to promote it before
1: absolutely is
0: correct is that when will that kick in it,
1: that'll kick in in, a, in about the next eight weeks you'll start to see it we've already increased the profile of the show on the channel but the offer campaign will be kicking in before the end of march and it will be significant it will be a big national campaign and promoting the brand but also doing retail sales for the show because it's been 10 years it's time
0: sure could there be any changes to the product at all before that happens
1: the product is constantly it's an evolution if you look at an episode of the project in year one and year five and year seven you will see that it constantly evolves so we are in the middle of that constant evolution so i feel like over the next six and 12 months you will see changes made to the show but that isn't um anything new a, a show like that has to constantly evolve and get better and kind of move with the time so mm. yes you will see changes to the show but not necessarily due with the marketing campaign that is kind of um something that you know it's time to do anyway
0: yeah in that seven PM slot, we've seen um, My Kitchen Rules move earlier. I mm-hmm. won't get you to comment on their performance, but have you noticed any difference across competitively across that slot? Is it has it done anything to your audiences? Do you think having a reality show starting earlier?
1: Um, it's very it's very soon to say. It's really only been like a moment that they've mm. done that. Um, we're always aware of people moving around in that time slot the seven o'clock project audience are quite a particular group of people um so we haven't seen any significant changes yet but you know if should that show stay there when we get or six weeks in we'd be looking at it in a lot of detail to see what what effect if any it was having
0: yeah okay um we've talked a little bit about celebrity already you're about to segue into your um Now, what's coming up? Dancing moves to weeknights, doesn't it? Yes. Well, let's start with Sunday first, I guess. Okay. With um, Sunday night takeaway.
1: Yeah. So, effectively, the reason that we have commissioned the shows that we have is we know we're up against MKR Mm. and uh, Married at First Sight. They are big reality shows. They're kind of two of the top three or four shows of the year. Um, So, for us to put up another constructed reality show at the top of the week would seem fairly silly. So when we really thought about it and thought well what is the available audience what do audiences want at the top of the week, at the top of the year, we really just wanted to steer into that entertainment space and also steer into the space that targeted families. So although the shows are all different they tonally are quite similar so um, Chris and Julia's Sunday Night Takeaway is really feel good, it's something for the whole family lots of real Australians in it um, winning things and nice things happening to them it's kind of a bit of a it's a real point of difference to everything else that's on TV and you know i respect all of those other things but they're already doing that we're doing so we have to do something different so it's very warm it's funny it's friendly you can watch it with your 5 year old or your grandmother that's the point of it it really is to it's really to talk to that big family audience um and then dancing with the stars again is just it's it's an entertainment play um really You know we've got obviously um, Grant and Amanda Mm -hmm. fronting that show who are incredibly popular, broad um, talent. We've cast the show in a particular way. We've just announced our judges and the investment in the show is significant. So it will be a very high production value of that format, which I think Australia expects. They want to see something that's really shiny and bright. So those two shows really both play in the same space, although they're quite different. And then obviously we're doing Ambulance and it's just about kind of doing something different to what the others are doing and then at the back of the week that's where we'll do changing rooms because we feel like if we're going to have constructed reality it needs to be down the back of the week when the other shows have kind of burnt quite hot at the top of the week and changing rooms again it's it's feel good and um it's interesting it's not you know it's not that competitive reality where you flip a house it's about renovating for for for, for your neighbors for your family so that's that's kind of the strategy which is you know if we could put up a five night a week show and get it to go 13 weeks that is definitely the easiest option we would that would be a lovely option to be able to do that but it, that option is not available to us at that time of the year
0: yeah um that's great you've laid out the whole week for me thank you just quickly go back to sundays mm-hmm. with um dr chris and julia being away mm-hmm. you've been at limited access i guess to doing um pre-production and preparation did they do some work before they went to South Africa on this
1: new show? Absolutely we filmed, um, the the show is live but lots of the show, lots of the segments, and there's lots of pranks and undercover stuff in that show and we filmed quite a lot of that last November and December Um, also we have Bo Ryan as a co-host on the show who's been working with us throughout this period and also we have the um, it's I, Both are ITV shows. So mm. while Chris and Julia have been in the jungle, the director of Takeaway is up there with them and some of okay. the writers. So they have been working on the show. Um, and they're coming back. They have a very short break. And then they're straight back into Takeaway.
0: Yeah. So there's no lozing around the pool at, the, at our South African villa this season. No,
1: not for them, unfortunately. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, um, what's the order for um, Sunday night Takeaway?
1: We yeah. haven't announced the order because of the dates, but it's it's a, it's... It's
0: a so, ten. Yeah, okay. Okay. So that'll take you pretty much close to Easter one yeah. would imagine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So dancing, um I guess you can you tell us about how many episodes of that too? Because I guess people could work it out by it's the, the number of contestants, yeah. right? But yeah. a similar similar yeah. amount. Yeah. Um, that's being produced by Warner um Warner, for yes, you. Yes. Who do the bachelor of course.
1: Yes, and it's a it's a BBC format. Yeah. Um so
0: So they had a bit of input too, right?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, they they own they're kind of the protectors of the brand and the format. So they offer you know pr- production consultancy and all of that sort of thing. And Warner Brothers um, are very experienced at making big shows. And in fact, the. Um, the gentleman who runs Warner Brothers in Australia has worked on the US series for many, many years. So we have a lot of... And the lady who's the EP in the show has worked on the seven series for many years. So there's a lot of really good legacy knowledge in that production team. That said, we also want to make it very ten, which is what we really wanted to do with the casting. And we've had lots of questions about the judges, for example. But what we find with our audience is they like discovery they like to come to a show and find new, new judges you know like back in the early days of MasterChef um, George and Gary and Matt were relatively unknown um, but they became household names very quickly and our audience loved them so we really wanted to give our audience some discovery in that format given that the format has existed before we needed some fresh, some fresh vibe about it
0: yeah the pedigree of those judges just looks fantastic if you for people who bother reading about what they've done
1: yeah they're it's a stunning trio
0: of people they
1: really are and we're really excited about because they're so credentialed it's we're really excited about this show but with grant and Amanda, grant and amanda and a credentialed credential judging panel and the group of celebrities that we have um you know it it's very exciting and it's it's music and it's sparkly and the set is exceptional um so hopefully you know it'll really connect with people
0: yeah yeah um just just quickly on uh, dancing as well is the uk one still considered sort of the the, the best version because it's been about a, an amazing um a franchise globally now but if you've ever in, Ever in England, or taking much notice of what's happening there when dancing on, it's amazing the way it just dominates the landscape in the UK.
1: It absolutely does. It it dominates the landscape. It's kind of one of those shows that the whole country talks about, and they stop. It's still remarkably huge in the US as well. They're quite different series, though, but that's a cultural thing. So I think what I would say the best way to think about the show that we're making is it has US production values. Um, but real Australian sensibility, which is probably somewhere between the US and the UK.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, ambulance. Yeah, look, an- another season of that. Um, uh, the I think it was um, was Adamo Shine who made it here for you. It seemed to have done a fantastic job on it. And I think I noticed the Austra- the first Australian series now right, is right on air in the UK. I think.
1: Yeah, well, they um, they certainly own the format and they, they do absolutely have the UK rights. And it is the sort of series that can travel because mm-hmm. those interesting stories um, are kind of quite universal. So making a second series, though, they, they did an amazing job on that first series. It was a really beautiful series and it gets a bit easier because you just get your methodology. Um, it becomes a bit more familiar. So... Um, we have very high hopes for the second series although we love the first series I think the second series will actually be better as we get to know the Ambo's a bit better and you know we kind of we can mix up the stories a bit more because we had a bit more of a lead time and that sort of thing.
0: Uh uh Tell us a little bit about the decision to to choose Changing Rooms. It hasn't been on air for Australia for a long time, but Mm. when it was, very successful on the Nine Network, I Mm -hmm. think. It's been on um, Foxtel quite a bit, a lot of the UK episodes, but what sort of attracted you about that?
1: What we were really looking for was something that was multi-episodic but also didn't have a group of characters that you had to connect with over 10 or 12 weeks. And the beauty about the way that Changing Rooms has been constructed for us is it's, um, it's Wednesday, Thursday and you get the same group of characters Wednesday, Thursday and then you come back next week with new talent but the the designers there's a through line with the designers so we were looking for something that was structured like that that our audience could come and engage in and come back the next week and not have to go well here's you know there's already four or five casts on TV that I have to remember everything. Also, the other extremely appealing thing about changing rooms is the room reveals. As you know, Australia loves a room reveal. And the interesting thing about some of the other formats is they're perhaps renovating for profit or renovating for different reasons. These people are renovating for their friends and family. So, what you see in terms of the room, room reveals is colourful and spectacular and quite unique to the individuals involved rather than lots of you know beige and grey um, and I think that will really connect with Australians and also there's some really nice stories in there about people who are you know their neighbours or their mother or their brothers so all of those things together made us think that this was um, a show that could really connect for us also there's no house renovation, da-da-da-da-da, on at that time of the year. That doesn't really kick in until house rolls, which is mid-year. Uh-huh. So that air is clear.
0: Okay. You seem to have been very smart with the hosts for all these shows. I mean, Dr Chris and Julia Sundays, um, Grant and Aman, uh, Amanda for um, dancing, and uh, Natalie bassink Wait, I think we've got that right. Mm. Or Nat Bass, it's easier to call her. Absolutely. Um, uh, seems to do very well at whatever she tries, you know. Yes. The one thing I'm a bit sad about it is it's, you know, we're not going to see as much of it as an entertainer maybe because she's just a fantastic performer and a singer.
1: Yeah, well, the th- the thing about I show like Changing Rooms, it, and Natalie's fantastic in it because she's so empathetic with the people. She also has um, a genuine interest in design and she has that kind of eye. She's also willing to, you know, muck in and get her hands dirty, which you really need with that kind of host who really... You know becomes part of the production and she's been fantastic saying that it's you know it's a six six week run so there's plenty of time for natalie to do other things
0: yeah yeah um friday nights it's a pretty competitive spot now Seven thirty yep. fridays the abc yep. moved in gardening last year um of course better homes and gardens although it moves around the seven channels but mm. it's still there at seven thirty. and of course um the living room with um with network 10 how will that um, stack up the year Well,
1: Living Room is coming back a bit later than normal this year um, for quite obvious reasons in that the talent are all incredibly busy. Mm. Um, and also it's a very long run. So we wanted to get some breathing space to, you know, bank some stories, etc. So sh- Show Me the Movie will play Friday at 7.30 for the first part of the year and then The Living Room will kick in. Um, so we do take Friday naturally seriously and show me the movie although not the same show as the living room of course tonally it's quite similar it's you know light and fun and um it's got a lot of those same tonal elements so we do consider fridays to be quite um important and we will invest on friday nights for the foreseeable future and continue to build those shows
0: well real uh, will the living room repeats continue somewhere or will you give it a rest for a while
1: no no we'll once show me the movie kicks in we will wait and bring back that show down the line um we're it's we're already working on it now but obviously amanda's and dancing chris is in the jungle miguel's dancing barry's very busy and on also when you're on air for 40 weeks in order to do those travel stories and the renovation stories we actually need time to make all of that content so it's always been a real challenge to get it on so tight at the beginning of the year so we really just wanted to give the show time to breathe this year
0: um quickly look at some of the programs you have a little later in the evening. Um, I'm a bit annoyed Bev. There's um, You seem to be stockpiling Graham Norton episodes at the moment.
1: Oh well you'll find that that <laughs> finishes now. There's first run Graham Norton. Um,
0: is it still Friday nights? Will that be the home yeah, of new usually, episodes? Yeah we usually, we always run
1: new episodes on Friday what? at 8.30 and those episodes tend to encore really well so there is um, there is a new episode this So he's this had Friday. some crackers
0: the last few weeks hasn't he? And, um, yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking oh come on, when am no, I going to get started? Well
1: it's your, it, they start on Friday, this oh. Friday. Friday. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, yes. and the other thing is, we we sometimes stockpile them, but also what happens to us sometimes. He makes thirty eps a year, about. Mm. So he has hiatus periods as well. So, um, and his hiatus periods and our hiatus periods don't necessarily align. Yes. So we just try and program them in the most. Effective way possible, but also bearing in mind things like, you know, Mary Poppins' release date so that if he's interviewing Emily Blunt, that that's kind of timely with the US release of the movie, sure. sorry, an Australian release of the movie. Yeah,
0: yeah, of course, and they perform very well for you here, those episodes. They do. And if we're talking about late night, we should have really started with, have you been paying attention? Mm. Gee whiz, what a powerhouse that, that program has become, hasn't it?
1: It absolutely has. They've had, you know, fantastic seasons. They're always back at the same time. They always come back about the same time as MasterChef, so they'll be back at the same time this year with the same order. So... So um, they do they do a fantastic job. It's a really consistent show. They've got great talent on it. They also find some great talent. So you've always got the really regular great people and then once in a while they bring somebody through that you don't quite know and they're also excellent. So we're really excited to have that back later in the year.
0: Yeah, is it, you, doing, you roughly do 30 episodes a year, I
1: we think. Really, like, you usually do about 28 to 30, yeah, depending on I when they start. Which I
0: guess is you pushing working dog as, <laughs> as far as you can, right?
1: Yeah, and also, you know, of course, the programmers always want more, but we're also mindful that you don't want to, burn something out so you know we'll take 30 rather than 40 and keep it on air for many more years hopefully.
0: Sure okay Um, anything interesting we've got Husey um, at the moment on um, on Tuesdays I think isn't it yep in in that latest slot that'll continue for a while anything else that we anything that hasn't been on air we'll get to see in that sort of later time slot?
1: Um, well, later in the year we have lots of stuff that we'll play later. Uh-huh. So we have Trial by Kyle coming later in the year. We have um, Troy Kinney show. So
0: some of those pilot week programs, oh, yeah, that's, those pilot that's where week they'll be headed. Yeah,
1: yeah uh, most of those were commissioned for 8.30 or 9 uh-huh. because, you know, our 7.30 schedule's fairly established. We were looking for some shows. Um, Todd Sampson's Body Hack will play um, at 8.30 and also we commissioned Taboo, um with harley brain yep. that show will also play at that time so we have lots of really good content for eight thirty. 30 goggle box clip plays at eight thirty. 30 um so there's lots more of that to come throughout the year yeah uh, just speaking All our on dramas
0: yeah speaking on that um that uh, those pilot week programming i guess a lot of people thought kyle would do pretty well and get get a fair bit of attention mm. but for me troy is Kinnear, isn't it kinney Kinney, is it Mm. Kinney? He was almost the surprise package in in terms of just how well it performed?
1: Yeah, I think probably a surprise to lots of people. But um, Troy's one of those people who's been around for a while and his content goes so well on social. He has a real knack of doing comedy that's really relatable about things like relationship rather than parody type stuff. So I think, you know, the comedy community would not be surprised by him. Um, so we're working on his show at the minute, actually, their workshop on his show now. So we have really high hopes for that.
0: Yeah. The, um, and I've talked to you about this before, I think, so I won't dwell on it. But you, most of those shows, you could have made a fair argument that they maybe should be in the schedule because there were, they were a- good elements of, of all of
1: them, weren't they? Absolutely. So we've commissioned four out of eight We will almost certainly do a fifth, Uh which we haven't announced yet. We will do a fifth one of those eight. And also we're just finalising plans for this year's Pilot Week. We're going to do less this year. It was actually eight was a bit too many in terms of... Ambitious? Well, just in terms of promoting them. Mm -hmm. um, Because you had multiple shows on the same night, it was hard to give them each a a fair amount of promotion. So we'll probably end up doing four or five this year.
0: Right, right. Okay, okay. Okay. any other sort of programming things you can sort of uh, talk to us about that we haven't dwelled on that you, would be I, worth mentioning?
1: I think it's probably um, worth maybe talking a little bit about the scripted slate. So We have a lot of scripted yes. content coming through this year. We have Mr Black with Adam Zwar, which is a half hour, which is um, really strong. We have all of the episodes of that delivered. We have My Life is Murder with Lucy Lawless. Um, we have Five Bedrooms, which we've announced, um, and a great cast on that, and that's in production at the minute. And then towards the back of the year, we have planned for Keeps. So we effectively have um, four very strong scripted series and probably some more towards the back of the year as well. So I think it's worth mentioning that. And obviously, the scripted series ratings-wise and overnights you know, have been challenging over the last number of years, but the audience is engaging with those shows on catch-up, etc., is building, so I think that's a really interesting... Thing for the scripted content on 3D air
0: is it a little bit more challenging for you when it given that there's so many ways audience can get um, engaged with the program now that before it be a, it'd be a no-brain okay we'll we'll recommission that one you just got to look at your overnights but now you've got to dig a fair bit deeper mm-hmm. don't you
1: you're absolutely right you do have to dig a big deeper dig a bit deeper and really assess what success looks like these yeah. days especially with something like scripted content um, and the scripted product clearly goes very well on the streaming services and they measure success incredibly differently. So in terms of how we make those decisions, it is constant evolution now.
0: Yeah. Let's not ignore your two Mm multi-channels. Um, What's what's happening there? I mean, you had a little name change. Mm-hmm. You've had three names for one of them in a in a short period of time. But yes. it seems smooth now and they seem to be performing quite well.
1: Absolutely. Bold in particular is going incredibly well. A lot of that broader CBS content plays on Bold, your NCISs and Hawaii Five O's, and that content – does great numbers peach is actually having some commercial share growth as well and we have two and a half men on there the half hours and that lighter type content is doing really well so continuing to grow the audiences in those channels is definitely a priority
0: yeah Uh, one of your sales guys i spoke to recently sort of hinted that you're you're always looking at your portfolio of channels yes and and Considering, you know, should you have another one in the future? Because a a lot of, uh, particularly 9 and 10 now, often sell on their combined share or Mm -hmm. some people call it network share. But on that comparison, because you have left channels, it's harder for you to compete.
1: Absolutely. And um, using that spectrum for the fourth channel is something that we, again, look at constantly. The thing for us is to make sure that we get it right and we don't spread our audience and just spread them out among four channels, but actually do something that is additive, um, both for audiences and for our clients. So we we will certainly, you know, be looking at that very closely in the short time.
0: Yeah. And putting too much focus just on what you do with your linear broadcast is almost old thinking, isn't it? Mm. Because you look at what you've got with 10 play and it's virtually unlimited. Channels unlimited spectrum almost, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. You know, what we're doing with 10Play, with 10Daily, and obviously we're launching the podcast business this year, um, 10 Speaks, I think really now, you know, as an entertainment business, we just need to be servicing our audience um, in in the right brand way through all of those platforms. That's really what our ambition is uh, and what our audience expects.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Does the... Is 10Play... A lot younger, and those those shows that reach a, a younger demographic are they? That is that the big takeaway from from what's
1: getting consumed? There? Um, or yes, is it more than that. It is the it isn't just younger audiences. It's also about um, availability. So, for example, at the minute when there are three big reality shows on at the same time, then of course people use catch up services more. But they use the catch up on template, but they also still use the PVR type catch up. So I think more template offers choice and offers flexibility with people's time etc I think that's the main value of it that you can you know you can select when you want to watch the shows and that type of um, preference tends to be younger audiences but it's not the exclusive domain of the younger audiences
0: yeah are you commissioning much I think there's short form content you're commissioning for 10 daily is that Mm -hmm. right
1: We, we do commission a bit of short form content that's kind of connected to the main brand for our um, digital services for 10Play or for 10Daily, what we have discovered over the last decade really is that effectively what 10Play is most used for is catch-up. So people will go there and they'll watch Survivor on catch-up. Certain shows like Survivor do have very successful bespoke products like the um, Jury Villa, which is very connected to the brand. So we do commission on a bespoke basis, but most of that commissioning tends to be um, something that adds value to big brands, yes, and that will continue to evolve, and eventually that will not be true, and people will commission for those on a bespoke basis. But we're not quite there yet, but we're probably not far away from it.
0: Yeah, look, I'll let you get back to your your your, your regular work in a second, but but um, so thanks for going through the schedule with it. It's fascinating to always get an insight off you. A lot of interest in in your your owners these days. CBS, you spent a fair bit of time with them, I think, yes. since they took control. Can you give us sort of some flavour of some of the big things for you that have that have helped you or that you've sort of, I don't know, learnings that you've taken on board from them?
1: Um, I think the really interesting thing for us is that they are first and foremost an entertainment business and they are a content business. And that is at the very core of what they do. So, And as you know, we have obviously worked closely with this particular team for a very long time because we had an output deal with them for many years before um, the ownership change. So they're people that we know well. But I think the real, from a content point of view, um, the relationship with our newsroom has been really valuable. Um, There's a very strong relationship between our sales divisions, um, particularly in the digital programmatic space. But from a pure content point of view, the real value is being able to tap in to the talent and resource that they have. They're obviously a very big and well-resourced company and they have a division that runs what they call alternative programming, which tends to be the reality programming, which in Australia provides really Um, the foundation of our schedules so we've been working with their alternative people on that sort of thing which is really useful and just a small example um, and quite some time ago when we were talking about doing champions versus contenders we're able to phone their people and go you have done many more years of Survivor than us how do you feel about this do you think it's the right idea and they're uh, able to offer really valuable insight as to whether that was the right thing for us to do. So really just having that resource to call upon is really quite incredible. And they're just a big resourced company with lots and lots of shows and lots of talent. So it's been really good.
0: Yeah. And finally, your message to me this year when I'm looking at ten and we' we're, we're judging your success, I guess we've always got to put it through that filter of of under fifty because you're 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 pretty um, hard on that now aren't you that yes j- that's really what you're looking for that's the really only metric that you're concerned about
1: yes, what I would say this year is judge us on under 50s but also judge us on fifty weeks a year mm-hmm. so like fif- that's what we're doing we're we're like our audiences, we don't. We're not looking at the survey periods. We are going to program for our audience from the middle of January right through until Christmas. This is really the first year that that's been true, and we are targeting the under fifty audiences. That is our ambition, and that's what we will do this year. And this is really the first year that we will be doing that in totality.
0: Yeah, all right. I look forward to the um, the correspondence from your communications department with um, all letting us know how you're going under fifty. Uh, Bev, look, it's always a pleasure to catch up. Many thanks.
1: Thank you very much.